Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. My guest today has amassed 1 million followers across all the major platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc. He has been featured regularly in the media for his expert eye at USA Today, Insider.com, BuzzFeed, The New York Times. This is interior designer Bilal Raymond, and he is a pioneering entrepreneur at only 23 years old. He is leading the new generation of luxury interior designers with his snappy, witty, and yes, edgy, <laughs> brazen <laughs> videos. Um, and they have, they have, they really, truly taken off. Um, I'm very excited. I'm just, I know you're going to bring a lot of energy to this conversation, Bilal. So Bilal Raymond, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We got to talk about your age for a second. Um, not because, oh my God, it's so amazing that you're only 23, which it is. But what I'm interested in is what, who are you talking to? Are you particularly <laughs> interested in a younger generation of homeowners of uh, people? And do you think that there's stuff that people who've come before you have just, they've gotten wrong or they're tone deaf in terms of what people want now when they, when they want a home that is personalized and meaningful and fabulous? Absolutely. Well, First off, I, I'm actually 24. I just turned oh, okay. 24 right, October, happy so a little bit older than... Okay, happy birthday. <laughs> and I just turned 53, so I'm not 52 anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yes, actually, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, okay. Honestly, the, the reason why I am doing what I'm doing is because most of the designers who came before me, who no doubt they were great designers, no doubt they created beautiful like life-changing spaces. But the issue that I had with the majority of our industry, and I still have that issue with the majority of our industry today, is that most designers think of themselves in light where they are better than everybody else because they're a designer. And okay. their opinion is the only opinion that matters. And they try to force their decisions on their clients and not really take the time to just listen to the clients and hear what the client's truly want or truly need to match their lifestyle. Interesting. And so many of the designers who came before me were unapproachable and the clients felt uncomfortable and they just felt like they were going to spend an obscene amount of money to get this room. Yeah. But at, the, at the end of the day, maybe it looked great. Yes, but it didn't serve the functions that it needed to serve for them. 
Okay. And so that is basically all of the things that I studied just trying to figure out the industry. And I am doing the complete opposite. I, I want to be approachable. I'm going to tell you that your couch is ugly as shit. I'm going to tell you that we got to do it, but I'm, I'm not going to do it from just, you know, me wanting to make money or me wanting to boost my own ego. I'm going to tell you this because I truly think there's a better way for you to live your life in your space. Okay. Okay. Great. I have to ask you, I want your rundown. Like, give me your like, I don't know, top, top three, top five things that just, you go, no, do not do that. Yes. First of all, I've harped on this since day one. It is the color of your light bulbs. This is one of the things that like so many people get wrong. Probably 95% of our clients, everybody nowadays thinks that daylight or bright white light bulbs are, are more contemporary and they're better and they're more futuristic. But in reality, they just wash you out and make you look really ugly in your own space. Who wants to feel ugly in your own space? So opt for the soft white light bulbs. I I get it that they're a little bit more old fashioned and warmer tone, but they're going to make you feel better and look better. And they just make your space feel more premium and more expensive without spending any additional money. I I Um, agree 100%. And when they, when they went out, like all of a sudden you couldn't go to Home Depot and get uh a soft white light bulb. And I was like, what am I going to do? So see, I'm glad you're saying that. All right. Next. (laughs) Absolutely. Next is gray hardwood floors. This is the one that put me on the map. Yes, it I am did. I go to my grave saying this. <laughs> yes. No gray hardwood floors. I don't care how expensive or how cheap your home is. It, your house will look dead and like all of the life will get sucked out of it if you do the gray hardwood floors. Avoid them at all costs, for sure. And why do you think they became so popular? They were everywhere, every new build. Honestly, it was probably something that got started by the builders. Uh, You know, builders like to buy in bulk. And so they just went and bought all of this gray hardwood floor and put it into all these new properties. So, you know, the mass public who doesn't really study or or know a lot about interior design thought, oh, hey, this is new. This is something we haven't seen before. And so this is what what is in and what's trending. Um, And then it kind of trickled into the people who started flipping houses and it trickled into people doing remodels and Next thing you know, everybody Airbnbs, has every yes, Airbnb. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. so now everybody has these ugly gray hardwood floors that just make their space look dead. Okay, all right. So number three. Oh, number three for sure. Matching furniture sets. <sighs> this one is no, no way. We're not going to do this for sure. Your nightstands, your bed, your dresser, your chair in the corner, they do not all have to be the same material, same fabric. That is so outdated. And when you can go into a store and buy the entire room, that's a problem. Like it, it's just because it is easier doesn't mean it's the better solution. You know, the, the good things in life don't come easy. Like take the time <laughs> to go and take the time to go and find some really cool pieces because you're going to love it way longer than you're going to yes. love that furniture set. And people really get hung up on, does this go? Mm-hmm. Does this, I mean, that, that's the, that is the literal, those are the literal words. Does this go? And I know by go, they mean, does it match? Is it, is it cohesive? And I guess the default is to get literally matching sets because then apparently you're guaranteed it's going to go. Um, right. How do you get people past that fear or just say, just listen to me, just listen yeah. to Bilal. <laughs> just watch all of my TikToks. No. <laughs> Honestly, when you're out shopping for furniture, look for things that are complementary colors. Look for things that are opposite in texture. If you don't have interest in color, then you need interest in texture. And it's really, it's much easier than people think, but it is not easier than walking into a store and buying the entire room in one go. So a lot of people think that that's the better alternative when in reality, 
it, it just doesn't feel curated. Like it, it feels like it's a showroom. Who wants to live in a showroom? Right. Or a hotel room. Yeah, exactly. Well, some exactly. some hotels. I could live in some hotels. Hey, correct. Be, yeah, me too. To be, to, to be honest. <laughs> the designer curated hotels, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you're you're starting to kind of get toward this idea of, you know, you said who, you know, it's not gonna look curated. Well, so my question is, you know, one of the missions of this podcast is to really help people understand why having a signature style uh totally unique to them is important. So what, what does it mean to have a signature style? What, what, how does your, what's your lens on that? So a signature style is something that most people don't even realize that they have one. It's kind of just naturally given to you. You know, you uh, develop it as you're growing up and it's, it shows its true form in what you wear and how you carry yourself and the things that you enjoy doing. And it's really just what makes you, you. And some people choose to lean into it and really showcase it to the world in their homes and their fashion and the cars that they drive and the artwork that they create and all these different things. And then some people don't even know how to showcase it because they don't realize that they have it, but everybody has one. And it's just what makes you you. I love that. I love that. It's like, you already have it. I'm not, you know, there's no anointing happening here. There's no, (laughs) you know, it's about, I guess tuning in to what you truly love and I guess then not being afraid to shout it out. Correct. Correct. You're, you're born with it. Like you might as well lean into it and, and throw it into every aspect of your life because you're going to enjoy every aspect way more when it all looks and feels like you. So much more. Yes. All right. You talked about really listening to clients. Um, and uh, how important that is and, and, you know, taking kind of your own ego out of it and making sure that the home is really, it's really designed for, for these specific people. So can you give us an example of how you took something that's important to a client? It, it could be um, a piece of furniture that they've had for a long time that they wanted to keep or a piece of artwork or I don't know, a collection that they have something that's, that's kind of quirky, personal, unique to them. And incorporated it into a room or, you know, used it as sort of the inspirational starting point for a room. We'll be back after a quick break. I just want to jump in here for a minute and remind you about the new free quiz that you can take at slowstylehome.com. It's called the Fix My Room Quiz, and I've created it because a lot of times When we're ready to change up a room in our homes, we get stuck not knowing where to start or what to do first. I mean, do you paint the walls? Do you come up with a different floor plan? Do you declutter first and then buy all new stuff? It's daunting. So the quiz is designed as a way for you to assess what's not working so that you're pointed in the right direction in terms of what to focus on. Everything else can kind of fall away. After years of helping others look around their rooms and identify the possibilities for big, impactful changes, I figured out how you can do this assessment yourself. The 20 multiple choice questions will ask you about how your room is functioning and how your style is developing. Then you'll receive a detailed summary from me about what you should tackle first. No more guessing and no more throwing money away or time. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. All right, let's jump back into today's episode. Uh, 
Absolutely. Um, I can, I, I actually did an entire house based on, on this. Um, so we're currently working on this massive Italian villa project and okay. it is an authentic Italian villa that we built from the ground up. Uh, we started on it about four and a half years ago. Okay. And the place that it started from was our client uh, and his husband took a trip to Italy and they fell in love with this house that they were staying at. It spoke to them. It, it just made them feel uh, feel fueled. It made them feel inspired. There was romantic elements to it. It was just a beautiful space for them. Yeah. And so what they did is they took so many pictures of the space, came back and showed it to us and said, we want this feeling. And okay. I studied those photos harder oh. than I have studied anything in my life. Right, right. And, you know, we did our absolute best to create something that would evoke that emotion for them. And so we built them an authentic Italian villa. It's not a copy of the of the one that they stayed in, but there are elements that spoke to them that we yeah. pulled into it. And so now when we walk through the house, it just every room has that sense of emotion and it and it has that feeling that they wanted us to achieve. Oh, they must be so happy. Mm-hmm. So so along those lines, um, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your thought process. And I know for a lot of designers, so much of it is intuitive gut feeling that sometimes it's hard to articulate, but I'm going to ask you anyway, can you give us some examples of the design elements that you chose, like link them up to the feelings that you were trying to evoke in terms of, you know, it might've been color, texture, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times people ask me, what do you mean by the, by the feeling? And exactly this, it, the feeling is something that you can create with different things. My number one thing that I use to create an emotion or a feeling in a space is lighting. I think lighting is so powerful. It doesn't matter what your walls are painted. It doesn't matter what kind of furniture you have or how expensive it is. But I have this concept that we inject into all of our projects. It's called layers of lighting. Okay. And what it means is that in any space that you do, there should be layers to your lighting. So there should be lighting up high, there should be lighting at eye level, there should be lighting at a table level, and then there should be light coming from the ground up. Mm. Um, And it just has so much power to create whatever mood you're in. If you need an energetic room where you're trying to study, you can turn the lights up and have a really bright space. If you want a room where you're trying to be intimate and you want a little bit more of a sex appeal, you can dim them down and it has this, you know, very moody, sexy feel. It's such a beautiful concept that anybody at any budget can implement into their space. That's true. And so you're basically saying every single room should have all of these layers because that way you can change the mood of the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's great. And that it's, I, I do think that it's something that, um, I think people think that color, they kind of get stuck on color, like, oh, mm-hmm. color equals mood. And I just think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I mean, color, you know, yeah, paint color matters and and it does, yep. it has a, it has an impact, but um, you're right. Different light can completely change the color for one thing. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what you thought looked blue is actually gray, depending on the color or yep. depending on the light, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One of the things I talk about in the slow style framework that I teach is there there are five main elements that I believe anyway, kind of belong in every home and they are art, antiques, nature, heritage slash culture and and handmade. Do any of those speak to you? Do you agree with that? Like, like what, what of those things, is there one that you feel like, yep, that is absolutely true. It can make or break a room. 
Every single thing you just said, I completely agree oh, with. Oh, okay, okay. We, we are huge, uh, like, fans of injecting spaces with art. We love nature. We incorporate plants inside all the time. Uh, culture is so important. I hate walking into a space that feels like it, it doesn't represent the person who lives there, you yeah. know? And everybody has a different culture, whether you're Mexican or Indian or Chinese or whatever you can pull in elements of that culture that speak to you and who you are and bring them in in such a beautiful way that you just walk into the space and it feels like you. So everything that you said, I agree with. All right, well, let's talk about culture a little bit more because um, there's also, you know, there is such a thing as cultural appropriation. And (laughs) uh, we've, we've, you know, we are a country that has, you know, we've been doing that for a long time. Um, But, you know, I'm someone who loves to travel, for example. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty basic Northern European white person, right? I want to bring things in for my travels. In fact, I'm going to Cambodia and Vietnam in a couple of days. Yeah. So Uh I want to bring that stuff back into my home. Is there a way to do it respectfully versus not respectfully? Um, And what if, what if, what if I'm fascinated by a culture and I haven't traveled there, but it's on my bucket list. Is it okay to bring stuff in even if I've never even been there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had this one client. uh, He was a pilot for like 30 or 40 years of his life. And he traveled all around the world. And he he too was a white man. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so uh, he asked me the same question, actually, when we were designing his space. And what we did is we basically took all of the pieces that he had from his entire travels that he's been collecting for years. And we created this one huge gallery wall in his library, in his home. And it is a representation of all of his travels. And we put everything from uh, there's African masks to, you know, a flag from one country or a fan from a country or whatever. And it is the most beautiful representation of all of his travels. And in no way feels like appropriation and in no way feels insultive, but it feels celebratory of all of the different cultures and spaces that he he went to. And I think that it's so interesting to put them to mix them up as well, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, kind of dedicating a room. This is the, you know, this is the China room yep. <laughs> where, <Exactly>. where everything's <laughs> going to be themed. Right? Exactly. I like that you mixed it together. Yeah, because they're they're all so beautiful in their own way. And when you have them next to each other, it allows you to see th- not only the differences and, and that part of it, but you also see the similarities. You see how you know, maybe uh, an African mask used one material, but then a Chinese piece of porcelain used the same material in a different way. It is the most beautiful kind of juxtaposition that that it just kind of creates itself. I think a benefit of that too is that it's fun to learn those things. It's fun to learn mm-hmm. that, that, you know, where porcelain came from and then how one culture used it in a different culture and the fact that porcelain didn't exist in half the world for the longest amount of time. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that's when those pieces are kind of having a conversation with each other. Mm-hmm, I, exactly. I, I know, I know that's kind of like abstract when we're talking about objects, but, but I, I think you understand that really well about the, how pieces have conversations with each other. Do you, do, could you want to expand on that a little bit? Like in terms of how the furniture works, you know, when you're thinking about, especially mixing things together that are from two completely different styles or eras. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, so when you're mixing pieces together, it's really important to, not try to make them all blend seamlessly. Like if you go into it with the intention of trying to make them all blend, it's never going to be as impactful. 
You okay. want the juxtaposition. You want them to almost have a little bit of a competition with each other on who is the more special piece because oh, yeah. that is going to create a very well curated space. Mm. And that is that's how you get to that timeless design where your room doesn't date because it's not trendy. It's not following a certain rule book that is you know popular in 2019 but not popular in 2020. It's right. it's not doing that. It's doing this thing where there's a chair that's 40 years old and there's a mask that's a hundred years old and they're in the same space and they're fighting with each other because they're both really cool, but yeah. they're also complimenting each other because they are made of a similar material or they have a similar silhouette or, you know, whatever it might be. And yeah. so that's how you get to that, that curated timeless design. Well, and I think you're, like you're saying, I mean, when you use the word silhouette, I mean, right. It's like paying attention to more than just well, is there a is there purple running through the room? Yeah, again, I think <laughs> exactly. I think I think people do. They kind of fall on color. I think that's the one that's the easiest for people to kind of notice. But Correct. noticing the shape of something, you know, a mm-hmm. curve in yep. a the back of a chair and the curve on a lampshade or what whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's that noticing that I think is is so important. Um, all right, I want to wrap up with. I'm going to circle back to the rules idea. So you we started with, you know, your some of your favorites. Yes. <laughs> but now I want to ask you more broadly, why do you think do you think people are craving these kinds of rules? I mean, you your 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 social media feeds are so popular. Is it do you think it's because there's a relief in knowing the rules or do you think it's because there is a lot of bad advice out there? Or is there sort of this overarching design villain that you're kind of battling <laughs> against? People are like, yeah, go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that it is something, it's kind of a combination of everything. So I think people really enjoy my content because I give you the brutal, honest truth. I'm not trying to be on what's latest and greatest, what's trendy, what's you know in or what is out currently. It's more about how can you have a space that reflects who you are and elevate your everyday experiences on a day-to-day basis without breaking the bank? And, and I also think that you're right. There is a lot of bad advice out there because a lot of people who call themselves designers are not really designers. They don't, they don't have enough knowledge or enough strength in them to get to the level of what it takes to be a designer. But they, it, it's so easy to fake something on social media. It's so yeah, yeah. easy to to put on a persona and make the world think you're something that you're not. Um, And so when it comes to me, you know, I am actually a designer and I am so immersed in the world of design that why not share the knowledge with everybody and anybody? Because at the end of the day, not everybody can afford to, to hire a designer. Not everybody can afford to take on a project, but everybody deserves to live in a beautiful space that reflects who they are. And so Mm. if I can share that knowledge and somebody can take that knowledge and elevate their everyday experiences, why not? Yeah. Well, and you're also saying everyone deserves to have the knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody is going to do like the, the the fear, I think, in our industry is that if you share too much knowledge, then people are going to just do it on their own. But yes. the reality is whatever that person is going to do is not what I would have done, even with the same knowledge, because we're different minded, we're different creatives. Right. And so, you know, it, who cares? I mean, right. knowledge is, is power, but what you do with it is a whole different thing. Right, right. Oh, that's that's wonderfully said. Yes. Um, and what's exciting you about the design world right now in general? Oh, the design world is changing every single day. <laughs> the color of the year is peach fuzz this year. And yes. that was honestly, I was not a huge fan when I heard about it. I was like, oh uh-huh. no, 
But what I am a huge fan of right now is this huge silver trend. That is okay. Coming in. For the longest time, I have been a, a huge fan of silver. Actually, I only wear silver jewelry, oh. silver headphones. Okay. Um, and so now that gold is kind of on its way out and silver is having its moment, I'm yep. really excited because more and more clients are coming and asking for silver. And so yeah. that's allowing us to stay more authentic to like my personal style, which I'm yep. loving. Yeah, I, I, we had gold has been around for a long time. I, I mean, I yeah. know, I notice it for in jewelry, right? Jewelry, gold uh-huh. jewelry. Um, I, I have a huge soft spot for New Mexico, and mm-hmm. there is, it's all silver and turquoise, you know, turquoise, some coral in there. Um, uh-huh. And so I actually have, I've, I've had a lot of silver jewelry throughout the whole gold phase, but you yeah. know, yeah, you don't. I didn't wear it as much because it was like, oh, that's kind of, uh-huh. but but the, the authentic stuff, actually, it's got, it's got a patina to it that it, it doesn't so look beautiful. like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I keep saying last question, last question, last question. <laughs> uh-huh. Can people mix silver and gold? What do you think about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> I am such a huge fan of mixed metals. I get this question all the time. My yeah, clients are always like like, terrified when I tell I know. them that we're doing mixed, you know, gold and, and silver or gold and black or whatever the metals are. But I think that mixed metals is such a timeless thing. And if you mix them correctly, then it doesn't really matter what's in trend because you're always going to be in style. So what is correctly? How do we get correctly. it wrong? Maybe I should say, I don't know, whatever, it's easier to answer it. Yeah, I would say if you're mixing metals within a space, try to keep equal ratios. So try to keep okay. the room like 50% gold and 50% silver. Don't let one overpower the other because okay. if you do that, then it's almost like the silver was a mistake or the yeah. gold was a mistake as opposed to them feeling like they are sisters who are working together in the Got same it. space. That yeah. Yes, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Bilal, what's what's next for you? What's 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 on the burner? <laughs> I mean, I know you are busy, busy, busy. World domination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're on your way. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, at this point, you know the studio is growing like crazy. Uh, I recently opened a gallery, a physical gallery in Houston. Yes. That is a gallery for the home, and it is just booming. Um, social media is, you know, skyrocketing. I am just every aspect of of my brand and of my companies is thriving and it is this is going to be a blessed year i feel it for sure i'm yep. so excited for what's what's to come and you know you guys definitely have not seen the last of the law <laughs> i love it i love it well i'm going to link to um all of that including your shop like you mentioned like that's kind of even that that's like a whole other like wow that's incredible that you've you've committed to a storefront um and it's so beautiful <laughs> i've seen the <laughs> photos you. it's so beautiful um, so yeah, we'll co- we'll connect to your uh, link to your 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 feeds, of course, but then also your shop and your studio. Um, great to talk with you. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.